this is Kinkstar's podcast and I'm Megara Fury and with me today I have Miss Replicant, the creative force behind Replicant Dolls and Lifestyle Dom. So, Miss Replicant, um, is it okay if I call you that? Yes, that's just fine. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks so much for coming on. Um, so you describe yourself as a fetish and doll artist. Um, so firstly, tell me, how, how did you come to categorise yourself as a fetish and doll artist? Well, I got into the BJD community first. So I started out collecting ball-jointed dolls. Okay. And... And I like to do all the customizing myself. So that was most of what I posted online for a long time. Uh And it just kind of spiraled out from there because I discovered erotic art and BDSM and was like, well, I can do doll stuff with this. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so that's where the the fetish artists do comes from. It's the art to do with the, the dolls. So you said ball-jointed dolls, are there other kinds of dolls? Uh, yes, so ball-jointed dolls are specifically dolls that have, uh, like, peanuts in the joints, so they're fully articulated from head to toe. Oh, so you can yeah. pose them like a human? Yes, that's, oh, the, that's, that's the draw. That's cool. Um, and they're very realistic, and they're most of them are uh, hand-sculpted by artists. Okay. So, hand hand poured mostly in resin, but there are also ones that are made of ABS plastic. So, do you do you buy the dolls ready made and customize them, or is it do you make the dolls your, the actual dolls yourself? So I buy them blank. So I I'll buy a a cast doll from someone, usually from a company in China or Japan, mm-hmm. and then when I get it, it's just the blank doll. They don't have eyes, they don't have hair, they don't have facial features. It's oh. just the doll. And, and then I I make everything else by hand. Oh, that's really cool. So I want to know a bit more about your, your fetish journey because you've said that you're a lifestyle dom. So how did this journey for you begin? Like, What, what was life like before? And was there, was there a turning point or... Did it happen organically? Were you introduced to it? Like, I want, I want to know more about this. Well, so uh, a couple of years ago, I was, I was doing some writing, and mm-hmm. I, uh, I did, I started doing some research okay. into BDSM and fetish stuff for for writing purposes. Okay. And. Well, you, you know the saying, well, maybe it'll awaken something. <laughs> I'm living proof of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was your first, um, was that your first kind of dalliance into it, I suppose? Is it something that you'd ever thought about before? or? I think I, think I, I didn't know that it was what I was thinking about, but yes. Okay. I think it was definitely subconsciously there. So I, I remember my first dalliance and kink, I suppose, um, is being like a, a kind of young woman, I suppose. And I was in a, a relationship with someone who was into all sorts of things and, and to me it was just kind of normal. I didn't know it was kinky. And now as an adult, when I'm doing a lot more 
self-discovery and looking back over my life, I probably had those tendencies in me since I was quite young. Um, I was about eight or nine and I just, I remember thinking to myself, what do I want to be when I'm older? Because people ask you that a lot, don't they? What do you want to be when you're older? Um, and I just wanted staff. I just wanted to be a boss. Um, and I wanted I wanted men to work for me and I remember that being quite a strong thing that I wanted um, and I would manipulate when I was younger and I would enjoy it um, and I guess that I always showed those signs but I never knew that that was any sort of precursor to anything was that something that you ever experienced like and now that you can look back definitely I um I mean, I think I, everybody who knew me as a kid would definitely describe me as a bossy child. <laughs> I, I that label was was always there. Um, I don't know. I I definitely I I definitely I'm I'm still a control freak, but mm. I definitely liked I like to know what was going on, and I like to be in charge, <laughs> and I like orders. Oh, that's... <laughs> like even as the little kid, like in in elementary school, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I think I, I think since then, since then, it's just gotten worse. <laughs> <laughs> or better, better. Um. Yeah, I remember oh, yeah. like ugh, just being a wee terror when it came to boys. Women, I was always very respectful of at school, but boys, oh, you were fair game. I remember getting up and I was having this argument with this boy in class one day, and he was like poking and poking the bear and I just got up turned round and tore him a new arsehole in front of the whole class and he was furious about it because every you know if a boy shouted at a girl she would normally cry and run away but I was like nah this is not happening and I was always super headstrong and I can't remember but I think he called me a cow or something <laughs> he was like shut up you cow and I was like I might be a cow but I'm not your fucking cow and I was like right in his face and it was just but I just never backed down when it came to men. I was like, nah, you, you don't get to push me about. It's not, I don't... And I think, I think, like, you know, when you're, when you're a child, like, girls don't, they don't make waves in class. They don't disrupt classrooms. And then boys are always disrupting the classroom. I'm like, shut up. People are talking. <laughs> I want to learn. We had, um, oh, we had all sorts of things. I went to a religious um, high school and we had boys that used to disrupt all the time. And me and the girls um, got together. And we decided that we would start a girls versus boys egg fight. <laughs> so we went to the shop. We bought so many eggs. Like, we cleared the place out of eggs. And the guy's just like, why are you buying so many? And we're like, don't ask. Um, but we cleared it out so the boys couldn't get any. Um, and we were just pelting them at every every turn. Like every, I remember um, walking along and and I remember I could hear a boy, a boy's voice coming around the corner of the building, and I had an egg in my hand. And he, as soon as he fucking came round that corner, crack right off the forehead, and it was just dripping down his face. I was like, yes. And the fucking sense of achievement I got from that it was great. And then. What happens was the next day, of course, there's going to be revenge, isn't there? So the boys decided to get us back and they'd went to, to the shop and they'd get eggs. 
what we did, but the boys weren't clever enough because we were sneaky about it. You know, we'd wait until there was no teachers. The boys were just fucking out of control. And um, we managed to get like half of our class of boys suspended from school for hitting girls with eggs, even though we terrorised them the day before. So we won and I was like, yes, fucking get it around you. <laughs> um, I I threatened to beat a lot of people up in high school. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I was I was just quietly manipulative. I'd be like, let's hit the boys with eggs. Let's do that, <laughs> and um, just make things happen, <laughs> and then just sit back and watch the chaos. Like <laughs> I did that. <laughs> just so bad. Such a sense of achievement. Yes, yeah, just. Not much has changed, really. Like, I just like seeing boys in a flap. So, um, so that's quite good that there's someone else out there that's like me. Like, I quite feel better about oh, that. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, <laughs> so, how did how did your journey develop? Did you have any any standout moments or any sort of moments of self discovery that you can that really kind of prick your memory? So it's. It sounds a little strange to say it now, but I actually started as as identifying as a sub. Okay. Um, Subs and make I think the I best still have. Storms, by the way. <laughs> That's what I've heard, and I I definitely still have some of those tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I think part of it is because when I was when I was doing early research, it was very much stuff that is available widely to the public. Okay. And. And because of because of the way that this sort of information disseminates, it's like only the really stereotypical stuff gets out into the wide world. Yes. Uh-huh. And because because the male dom female sub dynamic is the the biggest dynamic, mm-hmm. that's most of what's out there. So I just kind of thought that that was that was the options. Yeah, like even just films like Fifty Shades of Grey kind of reinforces that idea that women are subs and men are doms and you know there's all control there and it's like no shove that Fifty Shades of Domestic Abuse did nothing good for us (laughs) love that it's just brutal brutal honesty Um, I'm very salty about (laughs) oh totally and even I was speaking to um to Zena yesterday and we were talking about um the just the movies and things that are out and there's like that one that was out called Bonding where in that like she's got a white fluffy carpet and I was just saying body fluids no dom in a right fucking minds would have a white fluffy carpet it's just unhygienic I mean if you enjoy your if you enjoy your carpets like covered in bloodstains that's one thing but it was like pristine and i was like man you have a really good carpet cleaner yeah or your play's really fucking tame (laughs) (laughs) like i want to see a jizz stain on that i want to see some vomit i want to see a bit of poop like make it real right like what what are you doing with yourself (laughs) yeah like call yourself a dom and you've got a white fluffy carpet yeah it's just silly and also like you're so the 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 legislation that came in in the US about FOSTA SESTA 
Um, uh-huh. And that, that's caused so much um, danger for workers um, in any area of the sex industry, shutting down of websites, removal of safety screening um, mechanisms. Like, it's just, I mean, there's start, you can see that there's some, some politicians that are looking to overturn that, possibly. Whether that's to score political points or not, I don't care, as long as it keeps people safe. But, you know, bringing out a... Right bringing out that Netflix programme at that time just felt a bit off colour. Like, I I respect, you know, people's right to not look at our content. That's fine. Yeah. But not when it, not when it puts sex workers in danger. That's... Yeah. There's, there's a line and you crossed it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, in the lifestyle... Um, so for me, finding subs and things like that, it's just, they tend to find me, they approach me, um, and, you know, I screen and I, I see people, it's not like a full-time thing that I see them or, um, you know, they'll, they'll come in and they'll have their session and then they go off and do their life and I don't really know that much more about them apart from, you know, my small group of subs that are, that are more involved in my life, but... So the lifestyle thing I'm quite curious about because my partner at the moment is quite vanilla and he's never really dabbled in the BDSM thing, so it's all brand new to him. So I'm just I'm curious about the lifestyle thing because it's not, I've always done it professionally, never really lifestyle. Right. So <clears throat> I don't I don't really advertise it. Like I'm not. It, it's not like I keep it under wraps or anything. I'm not subtle, but I'm. Obviously, because I'm not professional, I don't advertise it, and so I have to do the legwork myself, so to speak. Yeah. Um. I think um, all the all the people that you know, I I dom, I know outside of. Mm-hmm. Outside of the 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 community, at least right now. Yeah. Um, it's like people that I'm friends with first mm-hmm. who have those tendencies. And I'm, I'm, I also have like a regular vanilla relationship, so. <laughs> so that's I, I have a little bit of everything. So you've got a setup where you've got your vanilla relationship, and then you've got kind of play buddies and and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so that, I, I, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, guess, I, I it's, it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's good to know that you know these are people that you're friends with and that you've built up a relationship and a lot of trust and things with them and that I think that's really important because for me I've got I've got a couple of emails in about ten minutes to build that trust so um having that luxury of being able to get to know people and know what they're like and know how they react to things. Um, it must be really nice, like just just having that real deep insight to them. Is that something? And that... and when you mm-hmm. go ahead, I was just going to say, is that something that is important to you that you enjoy or? Definitely, and I'll I'll just from from a uh, domination standpoint, when you know who someone is, it's so much easier to manipulate them. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I know personal shit about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. So, it also it also gives me some peace of mind because I know who they are as people. Yeah, you know when they're when they're out of subspace. Yeah, and that, I guess do you do you set like character? Like, how does your play go? With I mean, you don't have to go into any details or anything like that, but kind of roughly how it all goes. 
Um, I, I, I'll admit I'm, I'm still learning, so it can sometimes be a little awkward. Okay. Um, but because I, I do this stuff like at home, it's not, it's not fancy or anything. We just mm -hmm. like to have fun. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, I definitely have a, a shelf of kind of sexy things with sweaters on top, totally pretending that I don't own a bunch. <laughs> like. <laughs> I feel that, yeah. There was, I mean, when I first started, I was quite open with my family and things, but I had a landlord, so I had to hide stuff. And I would just, like, I would just throw my washing over things so it looked like it was just a thing that my washing goes on. And um, and it was quite difficult to hide, but he'd come round and do his inspection and he'd just be looking at me like, I know you're not, there's something weird about you. And I'd be like, everything okay? And it would just be this like standoff of like, just leave, <laughs> you know. Um, thankfully, I don't have to deal with that today. But yeah, it's mad. Congratulations. Oh, no, I know. But yeah, yeah so I, I, my my family knows that I I post strange things on my Instagram because they used to follow me for a while. But <laughs> past that. So I just don't get into it, and it all just kind of dives for cover when they visit. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I was sunbathing in, in my mum's back garden when I told her that I was going to be a dominatrix. And she literally just, she was like <laughs> mid-sip of her juice, and she was like, put it down, and she just looked at me, and she was like, okay, you know, same rules as when you were stripping. If you're ever unhappy, just stop. Um... But you know, I trust that you've 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 thought this decision through and you'll be fine. And she's like, I think you'll actually be quite good at it. You've always been headstrong, and I'm like, <laughs> fucking mum's seal of approval. And I was like, okay, cool, um, and that was fine. But yes, yeah, so I've 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 had a good run at it when it comes to telling people, and I think it's because it's the, it's the whole delivery of it, isn't it? It's like I'm fine with it, so everyone else tends to be fine with it, but. But yeah, so have you had any, any sort of, I know you said that you started off as sub and now that you're, now you're dom, what was the turning point for you? Like, when did you realise, like, nah, I need to be dom here? Um, so I, uh, sorry, I totally derailed us there, but, um, <laughs> I think, uh, I, I actually, uh, call my, my turning point when I really started getting into, into the the artistic side <clears throat> publicly because like I was I was making content on on Instagram and posting it and I was starting to follow people who also also do kinky content okay and um and I I discovered Mr. Sadrian okay who is retired now but she wasn't at the time um and I was like, wow, there are like there are women who are out there doing this. Yeah. And I was kind of starting to see myself in that I guess in in, in that uh realm, I guess. Okay. Like I I don't know if 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 I was like in my subspace felt like pretending, if that makes any sense. Yeah, uh-huh, like forced, not natural. Right. 
And like there were parts of it that weren't, but ultimately it didn't feel it didn't feel completely right. Yeah. And at the time I attributed that to being a beginner, which is I mean, it, you can sometimes feel weird when you're a beginner anyway, so Yeah. But I think when when I realized a way, you know, just just because I'm like short and young and female doesn't mean that I can't walk all over you, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, like I've I did some I did some sub stuff with partners early on in my career and I definitely think that, that has made me a better dom because I know what people are thinking because I've thought it and I know what things feel like because I've felt it. So it helps me to kind right. of get into people's minds. So do you think that starting off as a sub has helped you in any way uh, as as a dom? I, I think a little bit, yes, because like I think part of it is I know what the expectations are. Mm-hmm. Like on that end, what you expect or don't expect, as it were. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it it helps it helps you know like what what that person is is feeling. And there's like still stuff on that end that I, I enjoy. So I I can understand people's enjoyment of certain things when they're submitting. And it's it, it, it makes me less worried as, as a Dom that I'm doing things correctly. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that was it took away a lot of the fear for me when I was when I was doming was like, Am I doing this right? Are people enjoying it or just like, could I be doing this better? What you know, and there was a lot of self doubt, and there was a lot of um, just literally throwing mud at the wall and hoping it stuck. Um, uh-huh. but you know, having that experience and going through that, that definitely made me. It gave me a real sense of the responsibility of a dom as well, because you are that person is expecting in order to be able to relax expecting you to have everything sorted out like and it's a it's a great amount of responsibility and pressure um something that i take seriously and i enjoy because i love being in charge but right <laughs> you know is that something that you is that something that you've felt like any sort of like the pressure and the responsibility of being a dom which is different to being a sub Oh yeah, definitely. Doming is stressful. <laughs> it's incredibly stressful, and I, I, I embrace that. I'm okay with it. Yeah. But man, like I, I've kind of decided over over time that if if you're not working really hard, yeah, you're not doing it right, and you're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because you're you're you have responsibility over at least two people, if not more, at any given time. Yes. That's that's a lot that's a lot to hold up. And if if you're not taking that full responsibility in everything it means, even the problems, then you're not putting in as much effort as you should be putting in. Absolutely. I could not have put that better myself. And when you said and the problems, like that that's a big part there are of it. problems it's not always brilliant and it's not always great and it doesn't always work to plan but being flexible enough and being humble enough i suppose as a dom to go i don't always get it right and i don't always um you know if if 
if there is an issue, then I'm I'm not going to shy away from that. I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle it, whatever it looks like. So, yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, so, so what would you say that you love or enjoy the most about the BDSM and kink, um, world? I think the thing that I enjoy most, and the thing that ultimately drew me to it as like something that I wanted to actively participate in instead of just reading about it and doing the research yeah is the the fact that we we established you're supposed to talk to each other yeah and you're that you're supposed to set limits you're supposed to set boundaries and everyone has to respect that Mm -hmm. and i i feel like that i don't see that enough in in my everyday life yeah I feel like I see, I see that in a lot of, I see it everywhere, and I think I think poor boundary control, on both sides. You know, having your boundaries overstepped or not being able to set a boundary in the first place, is a massive contributor to to the state of people's mental health just now, because having good boundaries is good self care. Right, and knowing what your boundaries are too. Like, yeah. there's a certain of responsibility for your own self-awareness mm-hmm. that you have to have and i i appreciate that that's a, that's a standard yes that you have to you have to stop and think about it and be like okay what am i okay with what do i expect and what do i want yeah absolutely like i have Personally, I personally require that you think about what you want, and even if you don't know what it is that you want, put some thought into it. Yes, and take the responsibility for that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had, I get a lot of clients that contact me and say, I just want domination, and I'm like, that, what does that look like? You know, <laughs> I have cash restriction tools. Yeah, like I, I could brand you or I could tickle your feet or I could spit in your mouth or I could use castration bands. Like what does that look like to you? And, and I need I need more information than that. And that is a responsibility on the sub to really take charge of their own sexuality and their own needs. Um and I think that's really important. Because there's a lot Especially of people Especially in a I, I can't Sorry. dom somebody that doesn't know how they want to be domed, you know. And especially in a society where we don't, we don't expect people to think about what they want sexually. Yeah. Like everybody's kind of supposed to have the same wants and needs, and that doesn't work in practice. Yeah, like you've got the media drip feeding things that you sh- they think you should want. This is what you should be into, and this is what you should not be into, and and it's right. like well. You know, some people like bums, it's a body part. Other people like feet, that's also a body part. What's the big fucking deal, you know? Somebody wants to... I'd rather, I'd rather kiss somebody after he'd been sucking my toes than sucking my arsehole. Like, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> and I think also, I think it's also important for, for doms to know what they want. Because yes. if we don't think about, hey... What does what does dominating someone look like to us? What does someone submitting to us look like to us? 
yes. then it doesn't work anyway. Because if if your kinks don't align, then nobody's going to be very happy. So that, that's an interesting one because a lot of the work that I do is prescribed by the sub, so I I kind of facilitate a lot of things as well. Um, so ne- not necessarily. So what I'm what I'm into isn't necessarily everything that happens in a session. Um, and some people could argue that uh, yes, I'm a, a dominant, a dominant, but I dominate in a submissive fashion because I'm just doing what the person's asking for. Um, ninety percent of the time, there are a, there are a few subs that are just like we know each other so well now that they're just like yeah, you can just go for it, whatever it is you want to do, and it's great. Um, but it's just not the case all the time, and um you know there's been t- I do know what I know what I definitely don't want to do and that's on my list of limits <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but yeah the the knowing what you want and what your expectations are what is your protocol like you know what what are the minimum standards that you expect someone to meet and I think that's really important as well because otherwise you are just flinging shite at the wall and hoping it sticks so right definitely um so you let me have a look uh right artistic hedonism so what (laughs) what does artistic hedonism mean tell me about this well part of i i i coined the term when i was i was looking for some way to say I make artistic doll porn without saying I make artistic doll porn. Because, you know, <laughs> I could put arti- artistic hedonism on a resume, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but ultimately, it just means that, because it the, the word itself means that you're, you see, you're seeking pleasure. You're looking for, for pleasure, ultimately. And usually mm-hmm. people, people interpret that, you know, sexually, and to some degree I do. Um, but I, part of it, part of it is me want, wanting to make art I'm happy with, mm-hmm. and using that kind of was part of how I came to terms with the fact that I enjoy making pornographic art. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's definitely a self label, but it's one that has it. it I, I'm it's partly making it so that I can say in a vanilla setting. Hey, I make doll porn, and part mm-hmm. of it is me, me being comfortable with the fact that I make kinky doll porn. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so with the dolls, like, how did the dolls actually come about? Like, how did you? Why dolls? It it might it might uh surprise you, but I'm not really a people person. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. When I am when I am working, I don't like to work with other people. Okay. Um, and initially, this is this is becoming less of a thing. But initially, I was a little camera shy. Okay. Um. So it it makes it so that I don't I don't have to I don't have to work with people to take photos. Okay. Um. I can I can do that whatever I want because you know I I don't have to talk to another person for them to be in my photo. I just kind of have bodies around all the time. So you do photography as well then, and you photograph the dolls? Yes, I, I take my own photographs also. Oh, this is cool. Okay. So when it comes to actually, you, you said earlier that you get blank dolls. 
So what, do you mm-hmm. have an idea in mind already when you order the doll or do you let the doll arrive and it's just organic? Like how, what inspires you really? This is what I want to know. And where do you, where do you get these ideas from? So I'm, I'm, I also, I also do some writing for myself. Okay. Um, so I, I do a lot of like character work and things like that. Mm-hmm. I usually don't buy a doll unless I have an idea for, for okay. it already. Um, and sometimes that, that it tends to evolve they've they've never stayed what i originally intended them to be but <laughs> i always have a a basic idea of what i want to do when i get one because they're they're pretty expensive they're a couple hundred each oh wow so, just for the blank doll um, just for the blank doll wow um so if i'm if i personally if i'm going to make that kind of purchase i already want to kind of know what i'm buying it for Yes. Uh-huh. And they they take they take a a couple of months to make too cuz they're made to order by a a company with only maybe a few people in it. Yeah. So I have the time to figure it out too. If I only have like a nebulous idea, I have time to work it out. Yeah. In that time. Um but I just I I like to I I usually have a a character in mind like all my dolls have names. Oh. Um, and and they have like they 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 have characters. I I occasionally share bits and pieces of that. Um, but that makes it that makes them a little more personal to me. So oh, that's I like lovely. Doing and it that's pretty par for the course among uh, BJD collectors. So I'm definitely not alone in that in that regard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a do you have a favorite doll? Do you have one that's like your so right now, because because I'm I'm waiting on things to come in the mail, I only have one complete doll. Okay. Uh, her name is Gish, like the Smashing Pumpkins album. Right. Okay. Um, so tell me about her. She, she's the she's my primary. Uh, she's she's the doll I do all my dom stuff with. So okay. And any of my like dom themed pictures, she's she's the doll in them. Um, she's kind of androgynous looking. She has gray hair and a lazy eye, and <laughs> it just, I don't know, she's she's kind of my baby, and I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> is, so is there pictures of her on your Twitter that we can have a look at, or on your website? Um, there, there are photos of her on my website. I don't have her with me right now, so... Ah, uh, okay. Um, I need to have a look at this. She's I, I have a body next to me, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, hang on. Yeah, she's she's headless right now. So the other the other one that I have on on most of my pictures right now is Victoria, mm-hmm. and she doesn't have a head yet. So um, all all the photos of her are from the chest down. Oh, okay. And been pretty subtle about it so far, but. Let's be honest here. It's because she doesn't have a head. Okay. Um, but she's headless ah, right now. Okay. So how how big because, are these dolls? How tall are they? Um. So they're the ones I have are one fourth scale, but they can they can get bigger or smaller. Okay. Um, I this one is I think forty two centimeters tall. Nice. But uh, Gish is fifty two. Oh, she's a tall lady. She, she's she's a little taller. Um, but I know there are people who have like seventy centimeter dolls, seventy five centimeter dolls, so wow. they get they can get 
and then there are like really tiny ones that are like maybe this this big like i have a spider that's maybe this big okay so this big is what like 10 centimeters something like that maybe yeah oh that's cool so um do you have a doll that represents you miss replicant they they all represent me a little bit, I think. <laughs> I, I, put, I put a little bit of my soul into all of them. Oh. Because um, I, I do everything myself. Mm-hmm. So, like, I... Like, Gish has skin issues because I have skin issues. And I want there to be more more representation of people who just kind of have bad skin and that's okay you know what I oh, mean oh I'm in that club too I've got acne that I've had since my mid-20s so I feel you on that yeah I have really bad dermatitis so mm. it it makes me it makes me feel better to have you know something representing parts of me that maybe I don't see very often yeah but this one is also like like pierced all over the place nice. and I, that's my goal I, I my goal in life is to make it really hard to get through airport security <laughs> <laughs> i'm kind of a i'm kind of a body art junkie so that that's definitely there too so i i put little bits and pieces of myself into all of them a little bit oh that's nice um so you said earlier on in your email that you've got a theory on why People are having bad sex. So tell me more about this. I need to know. <laughs> so that's that's a thing that I most of the people who know me like in everyday life have heard me go off on this one. Oh yes, more than I'm, ex- I'm gonna just get comfortable. Gets, I love a rant. Oh yeah, it gets longer or shorter depending on how angry I am at the time. <laughs> okay. But. Uh, <laughs> you look scared. I'm excited um, for this. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. So the the reason that I think people are having bad sex, uh-huh. I think there's there's a lot of reasons, but I think the biggest reason is we're afraid to talk to each other. Oh yes. And we're and we're horribly repressed. So we're we're afraid to talk about se- anything sexual, like even even like really normal vanilla relationships mm-hmm. where it, it just scares us as a society to talk about it yeah and I, I I realized this I realized this after after I started like doing BDSM stuff and being like man you know my, my sex life's never been better and it's oh because I actually have to think about it and tell people what I want yes uh-huh. and I think we're just really we're we as people are so afraid of what like of of one we're we're embarrassed to talk about it yeah we're afraid to admit that we enjoy anything because we're we're repressed as all hell and we we're afraid that whoever we're with won't like us or won't want to have sex with us or whatever if we tell them that you know this is working or this is not working or this is what i want out of you know my sex life yeah. So that fear and of rejection and the people pleasing and yeah. Yeah. We're just we're we're really afraid that, you know, this this person won't won't want to bang us because <laughs> we, we thought we we thought about it and what they're doing is not working for us. <laughs> yeah, like and it's for some people if they've never had that conversation, sometimes hearing that is 
it's hard. Uh-huh. Um, and it can be hard to start. It can be it can be awkward. Like you know, hey, we need to stop and talk about this. Yeah, you know, and it's like, like it's, it doesn't mean awkward. I don't love you. It just means that we need to. Yeah, yeah it's like it, it, so. I used to use this um, analogy because we I was talking to an ex about faking orgasms, and he's like, "Have you ever faked?" And I'm like, "No, I've never faked. Like, and I've always been upfront with you, because if you were if you were making me like, I don't know." haggis and vinegar flavoured lasagna for dinner and I, and I told you I liked that and I thought it was amazing you would make me that all the time so if I don't like it I need to tell you otherwise I'm going to get I'm going to get vinegar flavoured lasagna shoved in my face every night and I don't want that so and he's like oh okay I suppose and I was like that's why if I don't come I don't come and if I do I do, and that's it, you know, and, and right. we talk about it, it's never a slight or a personal attack, like, it's just, it's either good or it's not, and that's it. Right, and it's not personal, it's just, like, we, we need to take responsibility for our own sex lives. Yeah, and um, so you need to take responsibility for how your own body reacts as well, like, some people's bodies right. react differently to certain simulation than other people's bodies don't. It doesn't mean one body's right and one body's wrong. Like it's just human nature that we're all different. It's just how you are, and that's okay. And we, I think, this is definitely true in the U.S. But mm-hmm. I think, in general, like we don't, we have so much, we we have so much societal repression too. Like we have so much misinformation. We censor everything. We don't want to talk about like things that are actually important for you know people's sexual health, and then we have a bunch of people who are embarrassed by things and don't know how to handle things, and <laughs> this is why we have people who are faking orgasms and people who are embarrassed of an erectile dysfunction and stuff like that because we don't want to talk about it or normalize it or anything. Yeah, absolutely. So on that note, do you have any advice for anyone that's maybe struggling with their sexuality, who are struggling to identify as kinky, or perhaps have identified and are struggling to come to terms with that side of themselves? Um, I think if if you're if you're struggling and you're new, I think your your here's your your best best bets from me. Okay. One, do as much research as you possibly can into everything. <laughs> um, the first, the first thing I ever read um, on the subject was uh, is a book called Different Loving. Okay. Um, it's it's very technical. Like it doesn't really go into like. It's written by vanilla people for vanilla people, but it's very informative and very thorough. Okay. So if you need somewhere to start, that's where I started. Um. But also try anything that seems even vaguely interesting to you. Try anything once. (laughs) This is why why we have safe words so that if you don't like it, just, just say so. Yeah. And you're, you're also, you're not, it's not bad if you use your safe word. And that goes for doms too. If you use your safe word, it's okay. Like it happens. No shame in it. Right, right. And and everyone should have one also. Like we talk about it mostly as a sub thing, but doms should have one too. Yeah. So I, I use safe words in mine. 
um, in my sessions and I make sure that so we've got amber for slow change direction take a break you know the session doesn't end and we've got red for this is it we're done you know your legs falling off you're having a heart attack you've got the brain amnesia like you need to stop um you've oh. had enough and but I always say to to clients as well if you call <clears throat> if you call amber too many times and it's just been disruptive to the session and there's no flow and I'm out of the headspace and I feel that you're coming out of the headspace then I'll call red so you know make sure that this is for you and you've at least thought about it because the thing is like I don't want people to be spending all that money on something that they haven't really thought about and they don't really know what they want they're not enjoying it because they keep calling amber no one gets anything out of that you know and then they leave with this bad taste in their mouth like that was shit you know i kept having to call amber so i like to just stop and and regroup and go okay let's let's see if we can get back into the headspace and if not then um there's no point in wasting anyone's time you know um right but yeah, I like I like your advice. It's good, solid, solid sound advice. So before you go, is there anything that you would like to pimp or give a shout out to? Or like where can people find your writing? Where can people find your dolls um, and all your social media? Um, so I can I can best be found both on Instagram and Twitter at replicant dolls. Okay. Um my handle's the same for both. Um I've I, I post about the same on both, but my, my drawings live on my Instagram, and the really, really kinky stuff lives on Twitter. For oh, nice. Um, and uh, also, uh, I'd, I'd just like to uh, give, give a shout-out to you first for, uh, for having me, because you're wonderful, and made me really less nervous about this. Oh, I'm this glad, I'm glad. And um, I also want to give a shout out to um, Dominatrixes Against Donald Trump. And <laughs> I never knew this was a thing. Indiana. Yes, they're uh, an organization out in California who are um, who are activists for sex workers' rights. And since we talked about it, um, mm-hmm. if if any of your listeners want to know more about. Uh, sex worker activism in the U.S. or SESTA-FOSTA laws or how you can help. Yeah. Go to their website and they're they're on Instagram too at dominatrixes at Donald against Donald Trump. Um, and twi- they're wonderful. Do you know what their Twitter handle is or their Instagram handle if you've got it? I I haven't found them on on uh, Twitter yet. Okay. Um, it, I know that I know that both uh, at Soma Snake Oil and at Terra Indiana are both on both Instagram and Twitter, and I know that um, I will it's either them. at against Donald Trump on Instagram, but I think their hashtag is Dominatrix is against Donald or DAD. So okay. so I'll, I'll just put it in the search field, and I'll put them into the description of this because this is really funny. I like this. Do you know who it is? What who are the doms? What their dom names are? Sorry? Do you know who which doms it is? Because I've got a few friends that are out in LA. Um, I know that uh, I, I found them through uh, Soma Snake Oil. Okay, that's fine. And 
And I know that uh, Tara Indiana is pretty in- involved too, I think. Amazing. So um, your dolls, where can we find your dolls? Do you have a website? Um, my, uh, my website is uh, Wix, uh, replicantdolls.wix slash replicantdolls. Okay. Um, I, I, I just, I, it's, it's in my, it's in my Instagram bio and I have it linked on Twitter also. Amazing. And is your writing available to read? Can anyone go and read it? Um, not yet. I'm working on a novella right now, but I haven't released it publicly, but I put, I put bits and pieces of stuff in my Instagram, so. Amazing. Good. Well, I'm I'm still, I'm still working on that. I look forward to it coming out. I think it'll be amazing. Um, and yeah, so thank you so much for today. Like this has been such a good chat and very insightful. I've definitely got a lot from it. Um, and I hope that um, I'm just going to go follow all your stuff and get right in about your dogs. And, and I want to see if I can spot anything that I think is a, a piece of you in each doll. So that's going to be my task today now. Like, I'm just going to get stuck in. Um, but yeah, thanks so much. And it was an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much for having me. It, it's, it meant a lot to me. Oh, you take care. Bye. You too, bye.